0: Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jilkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. Today's episode is one where I was actually interviewed on the Roaring Twenties podcast, which I will link to down below in the show notes. You'll definitely want to check it out. It's really great, especially if you are in your twenties and you are trying to find yourself, you know, find your place in this world and learn to love yourself along the way. It's truly a great podcast. So it's linked down below. And one last little thing before we dive in. I wanted to let you know that if you are listening to this before July 26, 2020, then there is still time to sign up for Beyond Body, my online retreat for healing body image struggles, building confidence, and learning to love yourself. Beyond Body is a month-long program where I will walk you through my entire journey, self-love journey, that I went on in the past four years in just four weeks. So it is going to be intense, but I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. We're going to have live Zoom calls, live online retreats. There's going to be workbooks. There's going to be community support. We have an entire exclusive Facebook group that's going to be filled with like-minded women. There's going to be course content that's going to be released every single week and it's truly going to be an amazing self-loving experience and my entire goal is to help you love yourself a little more especially because times are so weird right now and I feel like we need self-love and self-compassion now more than ever. So if you are interested in joining me on this four-week-long self-love journey then you'll want to join Beyond Body and I will link to that in the show notes. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode talking about beauty standards and self-talk and
1: social media. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties podcast. Today we have on Such a fun guest, Mary Jalkowski. You guys know her as Mary's cup of tea on all the social media. Mary is a former bikini fitness model turned self love advocate and women's retreat host. After recovering from an eating disorder of seven years and healing her body, mind, and spirit, she started her online platform to inspire women to be more confident in their bodies and love themselves unconditionally. We love that. Thank you for coming to the show, Mary. Thank you for having me. That We're was so, so excited. So fun that you called
2: me fun. <laughs> <laughs> she is fun. Funny fun. Yesterday, I woke up my little sister. Like, I walked into her bedroom and I started like screaming and get really mad at me. Um, but she's like, Mania, you're so fun today. And I'm like, I'm fun every day. And she's like, Yeah, you're like extra fun today because usually you're not that fun. And I'm like, Am I supposed to be? <laughs> Okay. was just a backhanded compliment yeah I'm like what <laughs> You're
3: like, can we analyze that for a second <laughs> yeah
2: yeah we got into it for a little bit she's like no I just met you are so cool today and I'm like I'm
1: today <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe just like extra today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, right 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 well, well so I'm <laughs> giving her some grace because I was <sighs> like that at
1: well oh, so. <laughs> too. That that tween phase. Yeah. Scary times. Scary times. Oh, let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll
2: touch on it later. Maybe or, next time. The <laughs> <laughs> of middle school. She just finished sixth grade too. So it's literally oh. middle school.
1: I just watched a movie last night um called Eighth Grade. Have you seen it? No. Do I need oh, to is it gonna you? need to see it. It's all about this girl in the eighth grade and how like social media plays a part on her like self image. And you see her like scrolling through Instagram and comparing herself to all the other girls. You see her doing her makeup before school, watching like a YouTube video. It's I, I have chills talking about it because I I cringed through the entire movie, but I think it's an important one to watch. I think you would really like it.
2: That reminds me of something like an episode that would be on Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True, but true.
1: Yeah, and I was watching it on Zoom with a friend, and I was like, "Thank God that we grew up without it." I was like, "I don't know how these kids do it in middle school with all the social media. It's insane."
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And and what we had was much more. We still had aspects of of things, but definitely not
2: in the way they do today. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough. I know like when I was growing up, I was like in on the internet, not as much as I am now, but even that like one to two hours a day on Pinterest or Tumblr, that was like <laughs> a big <laughs> driving factor of so many of my mental health conditions because mm-hmm. Tumblr seems to glamorize those. So even outside this sphere of like social networking, as we know it today, there were still a lot of these like websites with endless scrolling of like different like Finspo and Fitspo and makeup totally. and other ways that you should feel not good enough or how to get a guy to like you. So... I don't know, I've been thinking a lot like people blame it on the magazines, right? The media, the celebrities, but like that doesn't even scrape the surface. Mm-mm. So- to how social media affects us. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I want to get like more, more. We're definitely going to feel like we're going to get more into that. And this movie is just because I watched it just last night is like so palpable in my mind. Um, but before we get into all that deep stuff, Mary, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, how old you are, whatever you want to share with us. Yeah. So I'm 22. I don't think I've ever started. <laughs>
2: A intro like that, but I will. It's relevant to the show. I'm 22, and I started on this journey when I was like, it's it's hard to say, but especially around that tween age that my sister is in right now. Like, I had early signs of like body image struggles, and that eventually turned into an eating disorder. And then I went into fitness competitions, thinking that that kind of discipline and control would help fix my eating disorder and obviously it only made it worse and it basically made my eating disorder super happy because it had a place to thrive peace with a bunch of other people that were almost encouraging of it. And, you know, it was like sexy and glamorous, but behind the scenes there was so much more going on with my health and especially my mental health. So when I turned eighteen I hit a point where it felt like my body was just like screaming, No, like stop. And that You know, showed up in a way that was not sexy. Like, it was not like a therapy appointment where I'm crying and I realized something about myself. That showed up in a way where I found myself at, food city which is like a you know grocery store for lower income populations on the other side of town wearing a hoodie because I don't want anybody to recognize me and like stealing food because I was in college and I was binge eating which gets expensive because you're eating so much and bringing all of that home and eating myself to sleep into this like food coma and then you know waking up 16 hours later with like 20 missed calls from my mom not knowing what's going on with me and her pounding on my door just because I was like so depressed that I was just Like, sleep through my days, and that happened like for weeks on end. And that's when I felt like I finally needed to stop. So, I went on this whole healing journey of figuring out. Like, at first, I thought something was wrong with me, so I'm like, I need to figure out what's wrong with me. And I knew that you know, I was quite educated in like nutrition and thyroid and how that can affect a lot of your mental health. And so, I went kind of that route at first, thinking that, like, okay, well, if I fix my vitamin deficiencies, then I'm not going to binge eat anymore. But I realized it was so much more than that, right? So I went over to Canada because I really needed to leave my old environment here in Arizona. I just felt like everything was obsessed with the gym and people who went to the gym and I just didn't want to be a part of that anymore. So I went to Canada and that's where I really started finding healing and self love and you know, discovering so much about myself and where this all came from. And I'm still learning so like still it's like a layers of an onion where it's just like never ending. And then with every layer it makes you cry more. Um, that's kind of <laughs> how it's been unfolding thus far. And about three ish, maybe four years ago, I started being a little braver with sharing my journey on social media. I didn't expect so many women to come forth and be like me too and so many people to like pick up this mm-hmm. and share it. But it happened. So now I, you know, I'm kind of on this journey over the body image stuff because I've worked so hard. And now, you know, I'm packing different, other different layers about self love and letting people into my life as I do that. Oh, so incredible.
3: Truly such a powerful journey. And I have benefited so much myself from watching you. I have a similar-ish history with all that this episode is about you, but our listeners do have um, a little bit of background on, on my story. And it's just so helpful because I think when you are in the depths of any sort of eating disorder or trying to figure out what even is binge eating? What, what are all of these things? Is Can restriction really lead to all of these feelings physically and emotionally? And I think it's just so confusing and that there's not enough solid information out there. So having people like you not only be so vulnerable with where you were, and I mean like the nitty gritty, like you get down to, I was afraid of people seeing me, you know, I was up at night, like all of these things. And I've found even for myself, the stuff that I've shared that I was most ashamed and most afraid to share have been the most well-received because people just appreciate the rawness and the realness. And I feel like that's a big reason why people, why you have such a, a big and loyal following is because people see Uranus and appreciate like, whoa, this woman is here telling us her hardest moments because she cares about helping others find their healing too and showing them that it's possible. So what mostly led you to want to share on social
2: media, being that it it can be complicated and have a lot of different layers to that? Uh, I'm so glad you asked that because I was going to be like, can I talk about this real quick? (laughs) <laughs> so I've always identified as a writer. Like I was the teacher's. I had this like writing teacher who was super strict and super mean, and everybody hated her. But of course, I loved her because she really pushed me as a writer. And this was in like sixth grade, like literally that early. I think her name was Miss Rutledge or Mrs. R. We called her. But again, she was like very unpopular amongst the rest of the student body. But because of the way, like I like when I get a paper back and it's torn apart, because I feel like the teacher cares. So it was partly like my passion for writing. So. It was this thing that it's what I wrote about. So I always say like my primary field of interest is writing and speaking. And then my secondary field of interest, which is like what I write and speak about at this point in time is body image and self-love and my journey. That can change, but I think that as I started healing and exploring, I was actually finding like different parts of myself that identities that my eating disorder took away from me. And one of those parts was like, Hey, like I'm actually really smart. I actually love to write. I love to tell stories. Like, I was always interested in social media and the blogging world. You know, why don't I do something with that? And so, Mary's Cup of Tea (laughs) originally started as, like, I'm gonna open up a tea shop, tea store, where I'm gonna write about the different types of teas and all their benefits and all this stuff, right? So, that was kind of like the long term project of mine. And so, I started the Mary's Cup of Tea blog, and I'm like, I'm just gonna do like one little post about, you know, my background, just in case somebody visits and wanna see how this got started. And Mary's cup of tea was like a collection mm-hmm. of things I like things of that phrase. Cup of tea or it's my cup of tea. So cute. Yeah. So <laughs> <Of course. laughs> yeah. And then as I like kept on, right, I realized that I was just like so passionate about this. I just never let myself be passionate about it because it was filled with so much shame because of how it showed up on my body. Yeah. And social media gave me this platform to like let go of the shame around my body because I was taking pictures of myself at my highest weight ever. Mm -hmm. and writing the story Mm -hmm. to go along with it so that was like what really led me into it was I've always had long captions like before anybody even followed me I would write long (laughs) captions just for myself um Mm -hmm. so it was like my journal if that makes sense totally I love I love that yeah
3: and I feel like it can be very although of course you do have this intention to help others like very therapeutic to just write out the thoughts, write down the way that they're manifesting in your mind and the way that you're kind of working through them. It's it's literally like taking a look inside someone's brain. <laughs>
2: yeah, thank you. That, that's yeah. the goal. And I've found a lot of joy in specificity and the small moments. So I think that we see, like, for example, what I saw on Tumblr was like, I don't know, these, these big, elaborate, like, either very well-written poetry or like very dramatic moments or very artsy black and white things. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing I saw on social media was like people traveling and like these stories of like, I lost a hundred pounds or these stories of like, I almost died. And I saw that a lot, not just on social media, but especially in the like self-help space, every author would always start with like, and this is how I realized that my life was worth more. (laughs) And like, <laughs> I i mean, I think it's great. And I definitely have some dramatic moments, but I actually just put in a lot of emotion and mm-hmm. specifics into those little moments that are, like I said, totally unsexy. Like there's nothing sexy about a girl who just stole a bunch of food from Food City, sitting on her bathroom floor, crying, spooning peanut butter with like cereal all over the floor and refusing to clean up because she hates herself and her space so much, you know? Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy about that. But because of the details that I add to it, people are like, maybe they're not thinking that they were in that exact same situation. But they're like, wow, like I felt that way before. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I talk about my sister, they're not thinking about my sister as much as they're thinking about their own sibling or their own person that they really care about. So it's those like little moments that are pretty ordinary to you are extraordinary to others. And I think that's something that a lot of creators or people in general, like even if you're not a creator, but people who have the story in their head that I'm not interesting enough or I don't know what to talk about at this party or I'm shy because I'm so insecure. Like I think the underlying narrative is like, I don't have enough to share because I'm not super cool. I'm like, trust me, I'm not super cool. Like (laughs) my sister said so herself, like (laughs) it never like glamorous life. Like I'm from a very broken home and like, um, pretty like average upbringing, you know, but because I let myself share those ordinary moments, like other people saw themselves in that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I, I was going through your, um, I started it. I'm still in there, but I started your confidence modules. Mm-hmm. And I was so taken aback. I was like, what is she going to say? What is she going to say? Um, when you were talking about uh, the second sexiest thing that you can be. And I was like, what is she going to say? What's it going to be? Where's this going? And when you talked about like being real and talked about your experience on a date and how just like the, your whole presence of being real with someone else and just like just being authentic was one of the most attractive qualities that, that you can have. It's so powerful to me because I feel like so often because we compare ourselves to other people or because um, I'm reading in the middle of Untamed, and we talked about this on on another episode, that in one of the chapters, she says she, she always imagined that there's this woman out there who has the perfect relationship, perfect, quote unquote, body, perfect, everything, and that she was constantly striving to be just that. And when she finally allowed herself to accept that, like, you know, everybody has insecurities. Everybody has all these things that there's no perfect. But yeah, it it just was so... It shows how powerful being raw and real is not only for ourselves to lessen the whole comparison gap, but just for for others to
2: accept where they are and love where they are and appreciate where they are too. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that like feeling of like relief that you get when you're like just who you are. I think Mm -hmm. that I told... I filmed this back when I was dating right now. I'm in a relationship but it was when I was like bumbling um and I was just like bumbling hey. yeah I was meeting people and like <laughs> yeah, I moved back home so <laughs> Too bumble. uh I think the story that I told was it about the coconut cake yeah yeah so like I went on this date and I got a coconut cake and he said something along the lines of like you know you don't have to finish that all of that if you don't want to and I'm like oh I'm gonna finish it like it's really delicious he's yeah. like yeah, wow, like I love that you're just eating cake like that's so awesome I'm like what do you like okay like, like <laughs> it only, it takes that much, you know, to <laughs> right. yeah. well, is that I'm just eating something. That I'm eating cake. Like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it just goes to show how well we can get into like male and female dynamics and how women treat food, especially on mm-hmm. a date, a whole different topic. But it just goes to show how much people like admire that level of authenticity, even though you're probably not even thinking twice about it, you know? So yeah, I'm so glad I'm so glad that landed with you because I know that story
1: built up. You're like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm like,
2: I'm like, where is this going?
1: <laughs> but Mary, at the beginning, that can be really hard to like mm-hmm. share those deep, scary parts of yourself that we that we label those things as. What gave you like the courage to start to start doing that? I feel like so many women are in a similar or have been in similar places. And it's like, well, like I I I know I must not be alone in this, but I don't feel confident enough to start sharing it because of whatever shame we put on ourselves or the fear of what others are going to say. So how do you like garner that courage?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say because I was blessed to be born with a mother who didn't speak English when she first moved to America. And so because of that, my mom would like, make me go ask the people at the grocery store, like how to find something. Mm -hmm. And she would Oh, don't be shy! Like go ask, but really, she was really shy, and she just didn't want me to be shy. And then she like disguised it as like I don't know English, you know. I very much grew up with parents who pushed me to meet people and communicate, you know, talk. So the talking part is something that is it's just Mary, you know. But in terms of like the courage to share, like especially I think when it comes to binge eating, I think that's where it showed up. I think I just got to a point where it was eating me alive alive and it was a way that I released the shame and mm-hmm. so for me like I would I just wrote this caption I closed my eyes I pressed send I closed my phone and I walked away and I was like that's it I'm done like my story is out there and then like you open your phone and instead of getting all this like you fat ho you're actually getting like oh my god me too or oh my goodness I totally understand or at the time from my fitness days I also had a lot of male followers mm-hmm. um from some of the male followers, like sure, there were some inappropriate comments that I blocked, but there were some that was like, "Hey, I think my wife's going through something like this." Wow, uh, things like that. You know, it's just like this positive feedback loop. And I think just like with anything, once you do it once, and my analogy is always like, close your eyes and just hit send, right? Mm-hmm. I love um, that. You about with a text or an email or whatever. Once you do it once, it creates this like positive feedback loop because you realize like you didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing things got better, you felt this sense of relief and you did an act of courage and you can pat yourself on the back for that and you helped somebody else in that process. So that was really a big deal for me is to feel like I'm helping somebody
1: else. I love that. And Brenda always says like, she's like the stuff that is the most vulnerable is the most rewarding because people that it opens the door to say me too or thank you or I just it's so powerful definitely
3: yeah and also kind of like what Mary was saying it also opens the door for it feels like less of this heavy weight that you're carrying all by yourself it's like Mm -hmm. okay it's like you're you're releasing that And, and it is very relieving so it's so interesting that I feel like some of the scariest stuff, you're like, okay, well, now that up the it's it's not like the, at least for me, right? On my personal platform, the world isn't seeing it. But it kind of feels like, hey, anyone can come across that. And I still put it out there. And yeah, for, for even for where the stage I'm at right now, I'm like, you know what, like putting this out there there has to be someone going by in the same way that you admire
2: anyone that has like a larger following. You're like, there yeah. Has to be someone yeah. That's and this. and, it's like, and this. I just want to highlight that like the events and the details, they don't matter. Like, even though it feels like so big, like I'm sharing this big detail of my life, like, yeah, people are reading it, but they, they're not reading it for that. They care about the feelings. Mm-hmm. And if you, that scene I described to you of me sitting on my floor, right. Mm-hmm you're picturing me sitting on my floor and you're also feeling those same feelings of me feeling so ashamed and like guilty and struggling and depressed and bad and tired and exhausted. Like those are the emotions you're feeling. So even if you don't want to tell that scene Mm -hmm. of your life, um, because that may feel like a little bit invasive for you, maybe somebody can start by just saying, hey, have you ever felt really lonely? Mm, I love that. You know, when I was 18, I felt really lonely because I was going through a big transition in my life. Mm-hmm. and here's what happened and here's where i am now or here's how i commented or you know wherever you want to take that story yeah. but it's that feeling and emotion and so as a storyteller and as a creator like there are different ways that you can describe it there are people on instagram who capture those emotions with photography i suck at that so <laughs> i rely on my words there are people that are really good at, at imagery at analogies you know untamed glennon doyle she's the queen of analogies queen about yeah, she has a whole chapter in her book dedicated to how her and her daughter speak in analogies because analogies make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make sense to a lot of people. So you find your own like rhythm and flow and writing style and approach towards vulnerability. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm going to share this event. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. It can be a little more gray than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that.
3: And something that you talk about also in your TED talk, which is so cool. Like, whoa, just a little thing. Just, just really casual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I love how much you focus on our bodies, not being an image and being an experience and being that we are in a society that is so, you know, the selfie culture as, as it can be referred to. What advice would you have for a woman that wants to stop focusing so much on the image of her body and start loving herself, loving her life? Like what, what would be the first step?
2: Uh, there's so many. Um, or, or any steps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to throw some things out there that help oh. When I had this epiphany, um, was actually when I was in Bali my first time and I was there with my best friend. And it was after I left Canada and I was moving back home and in between. I was like, let me hop on over to Bali because I've never traveled by myself. And I've never done anything for myself that was like an international trip. You know, mm-hmm. if you've ever done an international trip, especially like by yourself and not with your family or something. It's like a big step totally. So that in and of itself was like really cool. But besides that, when I was in Bali like traveling to uh I'm hesitant to use this term, but I don't know a better term, but traveling to a third world country mm-hmm. where the hotel mirrors are like just your face, mm-hmm. right? Or you're out and about all day exploring waterfalls and jungles. And so you're not looking at yourself so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So just that like first simple like lack of mirrors. Now, Mm -hmm. I know, I think we can all attest to like most of our interior design, modern America and Western cultures, right? Like we're really big on full length mirrors and Mm -hmm. in our bathroom and mirrors throughout. Like I have two mirrors in this room. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, I made them cut off so that they're just like my face, but I also might take them down eventually because now I'm having things about my face that we can Mm talk about later. But (laughs) kind of like staying away like I think there's this balance between like you can connect with your body by spending more time naked with yourself and you know doing all those things involving pleasure when you're naked but you can also connect to your body by just like putting on clothes and like going on going outside do you know what I mean like a 100% things so there's a few different ways to go about it I think it just depends what place in your life you're at I used to think the answer was like if you want to love your body, you got to look at your body more and chant positive affirmations. Mm. And then when I went to Bali, I realized like, hey, I've never felt more in love with my body. But it's not because of what it looks like. It's because of what it does for me. Like it got me through this 20-hour flight. Uh-huh. And now I'm hiking these waterfalls and mountains and running on the beach. Like there were so many things to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was like pretty revolutionary. Because I think the I comment, that. if we Google tips for loving your body, we really do get like chant affirmations to yourself in the mirror. And I don't believe in that necessarily for everybody. So that is one way to go about it. Another thing is feeling pleasure, which I mentioned in passing, but like telling yourself like, Hey, I'm actually supposed to feel good. I remember my first ever, my naturopath who I went to when I was like, Hey, I think I'm vitamin deficient, whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't even know how good you're supposed to feel. And I think that's like pretty revolutionary because no, yeah. that like you're supposed to feel good. Yeah. You know, even if you are struggling with a chronic condition like you're it, it you should approach it with self-compassion so that you feel better. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with wanting to feel better. Glennon has a whole chapter in her book about medications and ways mm-hmm. that she feels better, you know. So when she said that to me like you don't even know how good you're supposed to feel in your body. I was like nobody like ever allowed me to feel good in my body. I didn't even know what feeling in my body was because I was so busy looking at my body.
1: Right. I mean, who tells you that? Like, I don't think I I don't, I've never heard that. Like you're supposed to feel really good in your body. Like what? It's just not something that we tell people.
3: Right. And not even an expectation. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. And really quickly circling back and then we'll absolutely come back to this last point just because I don't want to forget. But going about the first one about kind of uh, your first point, disconnecting. How do I word this best? How we think that the solution to focusing less on our body is to try and feel more positively about our body, but what you were saying is you are disconnecting our wor- your worth from your body. Mm-hmm. holy. And yeah, I think that's just so powerful. And then going back to pleasure that you're so right. Like I I listened to um, Press Send by Shanae Alexander, and she often has a sex therapist on her podcast. I think she's had her on like maybe five times. And every single time I listen to those episodes, I'm like, this is so crazy. And part of, of Glennon's book too, just shows how deeply we're conditioned to believe we're supposed to act a certain way or feel a certain way, or that it's dirty or shameful or gross to do certain things. And it controls the way we think about ourselves, the way we lead our lives, the lens through which we see other people. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy, <laughs> really.
2: Yeah, we don't get the message that like, food is supposed to taste good. Sex is supposed to feel good. Going outside is supposed to be a beautiful expression mm-hmm. of life. We don't get those positive messages. It's all about either making us feel not good enough or fixing the fact that we don't feel good enough. Yeah. But that like giant permission slip that so many people women in the space that are stepping up to talk about like I love that we're moving towards that direction
1: I love that I have a friend she came on the podcast a couple months ago my friend Amanda she's a cancer survivor I know what you're gonna say (laughs) she um she was diagnosed with cancer when she was in high school and she said one of the things that she says of like after beating cancer is that she like completely views her body differently. Like in high school, she used to worry about what she looked like, how her curves were, how much she weighed, like blah, blah, blah. And she's Latina and grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and was very aware of her curves being different than the other white girls at that age. And um, But she talks about after her recovery that like, she was like, fuck that. Why am I wasting any time about that? I have a body that walks. I have a body that pumps blood. I have a body that breathes. I have a body that beat cancer. Like, fuck that. And like hearing her talk about that, I was like, whoa, I wish everybody, I don't wish anyone would get sick, but I wish everyone could like feel that telepathically through her because it's it's unbelievably powerful about what our bodies are meant for and what we put on top of it. It's crazy. For sure, and it's it's
2: unfortunate that like it takes such a grand event mm-hmm. for us to feel it on a visceral level, um, yeah. which is so important for people who have experienced things like that. To step up and share that so we can empathize with that and be like, wait, like I deserve more too, you
1: know? Absolutely. I want to kind of circle back to what we're talking about in the beginning with like social media. And I mean, it's it's amazing how how we are now seeing women step up and share their stories and being vulnerable. Um, But there is still like a lot of comparison that We do. I mean, I do it. I'm so sure everybody else is doing it. And especially like we love your relationship with your little sister and like how much you share that. So like what as a society can we do to contribute to like getting rid of some of that, all the pressure that younger women are putting on themselves when it comes to to self-image and beauty standards? Like how can we contribute to making that a more positive place?
2: Yeah, this is tough because it's just such a new thing and such a big part of our life that's not going to be going away anytime soon. And it's also a beautiful part of our life because it mm-hmm. connects so many people. Like We wouldn't be here now. 100%. I think like for me, it's been about having mad boundaries around social media. And yesterday, my therapist told me that boundaries aren't just about time. So I think we think about boundaries in terms of like, I'm not going to spend time with you or that those kinds of things. But boundaries are also like emotional and how much... You give yourself the permission to think about things, if that makes sense. And once you make decisions, like for example, we do not have phones at the table, or we, you know, I don't turn my phone on until at least one hour. I have an alarm set until nine a.m. So until nine a.m., like I'm not on social media. Mm-hmm. And having those kinds of like structures and boundaries for yourself, and letting you yourself like live your life outside of that too and being like okay this is like my social media life and this is my real life and it's not because I'm a fake ass bitch but because I have boundaries you know between like yeah. what I'm sharing and what I'm not sharing and realizing that you don't have to share every single you know what is that my sister calls it photo off, <laughs> oh right and that we don't always have to stop to take a picture that Sometimes you can just like leave the house without your phone. And we do that walk mm-hmm. our dogs. Like I don't take my phone when we walk our dogs. Love that. Things like that. It's the way yeah. I think with my sister, not having a phone has been really helpful. I don't know what I'm going to do when she does have a phone. Right. But right now she's pretty limited to like, you know, only using my phone or my mom's phone for her yeah. talking needs. Right. But <laughs> For me personally, like, I'm at a point. This probably won't resonate with everybody, but I'm at a point where social media is a big part of my work and my job. So I like clock in nine to five. Yesterday, my boyfriend said, "Like you've been working nine to five for the past few months, especially with quarantine. Like I really had to make that schedule for myself, and that's when I'm on social media the most because it's like a part of what I do. And then after five, like I sit and watch Outlander, and I'm sorry, but I have nothing to share." (laughs) Um, And I don't put pressure on myself too. So that... And then in terms of the flip side, that's like the creating side. In terms of the consuming side, uh, mute people that... You know, you don't like, but are scared to unfollow. Unfollow people who don't make you feel good. You know, make sure your social media, like, I'm to a point where my Pinterest is like more educational than any college class I've ever attended.
0: <laughs> Love I
2: it. Pinterest algorithm just like thinks I want all these things, <laughs> like things immunology and virology. Yeah. Incredible. Also, you know, Tips for personal development, like things like that, you know. And luckily social media algorithms, all of them, they pick up on that. So you can really create your feed based on what you want to see. You can do that. And I think we often fall victims to social media when we really don't have to be. I think we spend too much time blaming social media and not enough time acknowledging like how much power we do have around it. I think we just don't really want to employ it because it's a lot easier to complain about the negative effects about social media than to unfollow your high school best friend and follow people who teach you, you know, how to manage your finances, right? Like, and there uh-huh. are people like that out there. It's just not talked about uh-huh. because it's not as easy as that lifestyle blogger, you know. So it's it is a matter of choice. A lot of it is a matter of choice, but without the education and the permission to make that choice, it's difficult for sure. I will acknowledge that. Totally. And I I found such a difference myself when I made the
3: choice to be like, all right, right, let me just follow people that actually make me feel good and unfollow people that don't. I, I really and I'm not just saying it to like prove your point or prove the point that people say, like, I felt such a tremendous difference in the way I saw myself and the expectations that I thought I needed to and also another sense of relief from just like giving myself permission to say like, this doesn't have to be the only way that you have to look or think or believe or any of those things. And kind of going off of that last question, I feel like there's a lot of power behind our words and the words that we use. I know for example, like health is so much more than physical health. Absolutely. There are so many different components. And I feel that it's some, I really want to dive into like how I over time can implement using my words strategically, because I feel like I could say one line and both of you could take it totally differently just because Mm -hmm. we're different people and we have different experiences, which is why it can be so tricky to you know, not offend someone. But for example, I have a younger brother. And granted, the standards for men are totally different than women. But just in general. When That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> podcast. Totally different. But just in general, talking about like how to implement taking care of yourself in general to all of the younger generations without making it seem like there's something wrong with them. And you know, all that stuff is just so tricky. So I feel like there's a lot of power behind the way that we use our words and the way that we listen to others and how they're feeling about their current situation too.
2: Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of being impeccable with our word and like saying what we mean and meaning what we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I read or the agreements. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, so I was just gonna say it. I make all my clients and retreat girls read that book, mm-hmm. uh, and so I recommend it to everybody. I've read it multiple times since the time I was uh, very young. My mom was very into reading and having those kinds of books to read on our shelves. But love it. It's really... Yeah, it's really important because how we speak about things is how we think about things. Yep. And if you're a clear speaker, then you're going to be a clearer thinker. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I am very like a big message in my social media that is underlying, which most people probably wouldn't pinpoint explicitly, but it's definitely there is self-talk. I did a story the other day that was like, yo, stop saying you struggle with your weight. Girl's mm-hmm from a totally good place but they're like hey I've struggled with weight my whole life and you've helped me so much yes but okay wait we need to address like what you just said
1: <laughs> um that so much like, of it is like self subconscious we don't even realize like how, sometimes how negative we speak to ourselves exactly and and it's
2: you know therapy has been th- that's a big thing of therapy like that's how CBT kind of works is like reprogramming how you think about things in perspective and stuff social media has been a huge asset for me in that way. Like social media has taught me to think differently about so many things. There's accounts, an account that I follow, which is a mom, I think it's called Mama and Me or something like that. Or like, the, I don't know, but it's a dietitian for small children. She's a dietitian for like toddlers who teaches moms how to feed their toddlers. And she is totally like non-diet. And like a big proponent of food freedom. But I follow her account, not because I have a toddler in the family, but because it teaches me how to think about my own food, you know, Mm -hmm. label food as good and bad, you know, or all these arbitrary food rules, like she debunks them in a way that it's like, we really do have to talk to ourselves. Like we talk to children. Yeah. We all absorb things as much as children do too. So I don't know where I was headed with that. But self-talk is so
1: important. So important. It is. Me and Brenda literally just did a whole episode on that because it's, it's... We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else throughout the day. And some of the things that I know I say to myself, I would never say to someone I love or a child or the child version of me. And it's incredible how we can be so unaware even that we're doing it. And to just like, remember, like, okay, think a little bit about how you're talking to yourself. Do you like the way you're talking to yourself? Okay, no, change it. And it's it's so powerful. It is.
3: And I, Julia and I both um, do Jesse Jean's like, Rise With Me morning routine just to keep some structure in. um, (laughs) And we part part of what she was doing the other day too was literally that inner child work of when you know when you have feelings of anxiety and all that stuff asking like what do you need right now and and just like shifting either moments of anxiety or or of anything just shifting your focus for that moment on what that inner child version of you needs makes you approach everything so
2: differently yeah for sure can I just do like a plug for Jessie she's like Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with her. We're obsessed <laughs> with her. I'm I'm so in love with her. Like, I I wish we were closer. Uh, if we didn't live in different states, I would be at her house every day. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. <laughs> and she's so good. Like, she talks a lot about the science behind it of mm-hmm. you know, science and mindset and, and why this actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's it literally changed my life. I was well, I guess I technically
3: still am one of her clients, but I'm one of them. Like I'm one of the mentors in her program, and I have just seen so many women like transform their lives and, and their thoughts, like inside out, just based on all of this work and having like not only the knowledge, like the science knowledge, but having the power of community, which we talk about all the time. And of course, obviously, Jessie's unbelievable coaching because she's just <laughs> incredible. But yeah, it it, it worked and it's possible and I feel like that is one of the biggest things that comes out of, of hearing like people like you and Jesse is that so much is possible that we have
2: never even like allowed ourselves to believe is possible mm-hmm. so that means a lot thank you I always have like, <laughs> one thing I live by is well there's two things this one's more recent but like be the person your younger self needed but also like I tell my girls like I'm gonna believe in you extra hard until you start believing in yourself mm-hmm. um because I think we all need somebody to just show us something different and believe in us and like give us the time space and grace. I think a lot of I don't know, a lot of what I needed was just somebody to like be there. Mm-hmm. You know, just like be here for me. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and the power of belief is so strong that if you are that person or we are that person to believe in someone, especially when they can't even fathom believing in them in themselves, I think it gives them like a whole other a whole other tool in their toolbox <laughs> in their realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, cool. Mary, can you talk a little bit about your retreats and what those are like? Yeah, um, it's been a while because. Yay, COVID. Yay. Um, I
3: know. (laughs)
2: um, So I host self-love retreats for women. I started doing this last year. It's been over a year um, since I started doing those. So we did three retreats last year, but then this year our two retreats got canceled and or postponed. But basically I get together a group of women and we go on this self-love journey that is a very immersive experience. It's all about community. It's all about sharing with each other. And we do really... Intense and integrative workshops. So everything that I talk about, but on prep, it's very <laughs> emotional and incredibly like connecting, reconnecting. So you know, it's like this beautiful emotional roller coaster where you just find out so many things about yourself, and you just feel so connected to the other women. And not, it's not just a feeling of like, oh, I'm no longer alone. It's like I love this person dearly, and I have no. Ul- ulterior agenda and I just want to help them but by helping other people like we help ourselves you know we kind of realize that like hey you know I actually know the answer here <laughs> it's just about like applying it to myself too and then besides that obviously traveling to a new place most of my retreats are like at far away locations mm-hmm. national. and so we travel we like hike waterfalls and do things like that all those things that I you know that were very transformational for me in my journey I kind of put those all in a five to week long experience. So cool. So fun.
3: They sound amazing. No, genuinely, every time I think there was I can't remember which one. But when Mary would would put like, Oh, I have one spot left. I'm like, every time going back to the page, I'm like, just do it. (laughs) And then obviously, all this stuff happened. But hopefully, in the future,
2: because they seem incredible. Oh, thank you. I hope to that when we come back, it's going to be Bigger and better. I know that's a cliche, but I really, really do hope so. And I definitely have a hole in my heart from not doing them, not being able to yeah, travel yeah. and not being able to bring the woman together. It's something that I just look forward to so much. It's, it's yeah. this high. With every retreat, and this is between you and I and the thousands of other people listening, <laughs> um, but retreat, I'm like, it's so it's a lot. So with every retreat, I call my mom and I'm like, don't ever let me do another retreat ever. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. And then like literally the next day, I'm like, I can't wait to do that other one. <laughs> the next retreat. <laughs> I book, I wire the money. I like, I go for it and get mm-hmm. the people and we do it all over again. Um, because there's nothing like focusing out. There's nothing like being in service, just nothing. Oh, totally. Wow. And so obviously I
3: know that you don't talk about your age much for all of the reasons. And I totally hear that because I can, we know that you are where you are today based on your wisdom, your intellect, your drive, and all of those things. And I can totally understand that it's hard to be told sometimes like, oh, like you're so young. How did you do all this? You know, when there are clear reasons as to why you are where you are. But of course you are an inspiration to us ladies in our twenties, trying to make an impact on this world uh, as well. So what do you believe are some, you know, beyond those
2: traits that you have? have some things that helped you get to where you are today? Oh, a whole lot of luck, girl. I, think <laughs> I you know, privilege and luck. And just, I, I think, I don't know, there's so many directions that I can go with this. But simply put, like, I believe that luck is opportunity meets preparation. Mm-hmm. So if you do those daily things, like, you know, work on yourself, read a book, like, Get rest, drink your water, do something you're passionate about, call your friends, love your family. Like those things that just, I don't know, make you a good person, I guess. Like opportunities really do come up. Mm -hmm. um, And people do value and admire that. I think one thing I said in, in one of my podcast episodes was that it's really, like, especially as a business owner now, it's really difficult to find good team members, like as I'm hiring and stuff like that. Hmm. And I think a lot of people think that like, oh, nobody will want my skills. In reality, like so many people want your skills. Like it doesn't... The skills don't even matter. Like I can teach you how to post on Instagram if you don't know how to do that. Like mm-hmm. I'm a good person that is like consistent, that these like qualities, like what are they called? Character traits. They're, yes. That's I mean. <laughs> Building those character traits is the most important thing. And I think early on when I was 18, I was very blessed to go to so many leadership training programs and public speaking programs and personal development seminars and a lot of my journey came from from that sphere but one big thing that they taught us was like the importance of your values and like living by them it's not about what you do it's about who you be who do you want to be in this world and one thing i decided was that i'm going to be a connected confident authentic leader and i started living up to that and when you wake up every morning instead of telling yourself i hate myself i don't know what to do with my day like uh, you know, look at how I look, and you wake up and you tell yourself, "I'm a connected, confident, authentic leader." And what do connected, confident, authentic leaders do in this world? Well, I'm gonna go sit at my computer, and I'm gonna, you know, today I was working on something. I was just researching the negative effects of dieting. So I just go into internet rabbit holes, and I found this woman's <laughs> paper that she wrote, like I think it was like 15 years ago. Um, she was a researcher at UCLA, and I just sent her a love note. Oh. I just, hey, you know, I'm really passionate about this, like. And I sent it from my personal email. I don't want her to know who I am. Like anything like that. But just like, as somebody recovered, who's recovered from an eating disorder, your research meant a lot to me. Like you can do things mm-hmm. like that. It doesn't love matter if you're, you know, what you do for work or whatever. Like who you are is the things you're passionate about, the causes that you believe in, the, how you spend your time, how much love and care you give to something. Like, do you wake up in the morning and hug your dog? If you do, then you're a great fucking person. <laughs> A lot of us like really underestimate that about ourselves. That yeah. it's, it's not that, oh well, once I achieve this level of success, then I'll be the person that I want to be. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you gotta be the person that you wanna be, and then you'll achieve like your your goals and dream. Mm-hmm. And so that like cause and effect relationship, like getting that really straight in my mind has been a game changer. And it's also a big lesson of like humble the fuck down, <laughs> you know <laughs> and yeah. day by day, like it'll come, just be a good person. I love that. Ooh. Couldn't have
1: said it better. (laughs) I'm so glad. I don't know why I just got so into that. No, No, I loved it. It's important too, especially at this age in our 20s, which is like why we started this podcast is like we so many of us feel like we have to be this like vision of ourselves that we set at like, who knows when and we can be so mean to ourselves if we're not that like exact perfect vision. But a lot of times that vision is it's not something like you said that is true to like who a person can be like being a kind person or being a leader. It's usually materialistic and and being clear clear about ourselves with what that vision is and what it really means.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Really. yeah I, I actually I went to one of Mary's online retreats because I was like, oh well, this is what this is what we have access to right now. And it's funny because her statement that she just said made me say in my head, I'm like, I know my statement. Brave, confident, yeah. Yeah. influential <laughs> leader. Like, and it I'm really so, does statement. help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have my statement. I actually I brought one of um our best friends to that retreat and she got so much out of it. So really just dive it. into things like that. Because <laughs> shifting your beliefs and what you believe about yourself makes all the difference.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it really takes like somebody to walk you through that process because mm-hmm. it's not an affirmation. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about retreats as opposed to so many other avenues is that like I can really sit there and walk you through it because if I were just like come up with three words that you want to describe yourself, like you'd be like, Oh, this is a cute exercise, but right, right. Like, I probably wouldn't get that much from it. And I'm not saying that you can't, you can definitely yeah. get a lot from it. But that's why like giving yourself that time and retreats really manifest that but even if you are doing any kind of work on yourself give yourself that time sit with yourself turn on some music light a candle like make it a practice make it sacred don't just read cute things online and reshare that like self-love quote do the thing Mm -hmm. do that part be with yourself and that's really important and again it's not sexy it's so important yeah
3: and and i know because i've totally tried (laughs) like reading something and in not the same not the same like setting. And when that exercise was done in Mary's online retreat, I like had l- l- true tears. <laughs> like I was crying through shifting my beliefs because <laughs> she instructed us to to meet those like negative beliefs with the same amount of intensity and put all of that energy into something positive that we want to believe and and do believe about ourselves. So I can't recommend the retreat type setting and obviously Mary enough because it, it's so impactful. Thank you for I mean having <laughs> And being that, that we did kind of talk about how the whole routine thing and just doing certain things that feel good to you or that help shape you. Do you have any daily practices or rituals or routines and any
2: pertaining to self-love that help you? Um, Nothing like brands. I wish I did and I think for a while I put a lot of pressure on myself to do something grand you know I'm like I'm gonna meditate and light incense and, mm-hmm. and but some some recent things that, that just have been bringing me joy and peace putting on my diffuser I think it's Love something my diffuser I a lot of us have a diffuser <laughs> lying around or have thought about oh, being yeah. a diffuser, but it's it's an, a vibe you know it just is like thing. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like vowing to like always take off my makeup before bed and like washing my face. That was something I didn't do a lot of when I didn't like myself. And now it's like, I don't care how tired I am. Like, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. like, you know, making my hot cocoa drink in the mornings. I don't know. It's like <laughs> the little things, right? I make this hot chocolate. Yeah. So I don't drink coffee much anymore. It makes me have a heart attack. So <laughs> nothing like, yeah, nothing like grand. And yeah I wish that I could say that I wake up no I, I, I think that's great because
3: I, I think it's little things that you do for yourself that make you happy when no you know when no one else is watching like it's free exactly. of judgment it's solely with the intention of, of doing it for you because totally I me and Julia talk about it all the time but there's this like admiration for people that wake up at, at three in the morning which again do do your thing all the love yes. to everyone but um, you know that wake up at three and then go for a seven mile run and then meditate <laughs> for an hour and you know and everybody everything works for different people but I think it's just recognizing what really works for us like if nobody
2: was watching if no one had a word to say like what feels good to me yeah Mm -hmm. I I wake up and I complain about waking up yeah (laughs) crawl out of bed (laughs) yeah (laughs) my boyfriend for waking me up and that's like my morning routine but again it's just like moments of connection, I guess. Mm-hmm. Still, even though I'm like, why'd you wake me up? You know, it's still us coexisting. And I think yeah. a lot of your routine is like the things that are natural to you. So if it's, yes. com- if it's forceful at all, then you... Like I realized during this quarantine that I don't like going to the gym. I don't miss it. I don't mm-hmm. like, like... Anytime I did go, even though I would have forced myself that much, but the two, three times a week that I did, you know, push myself, mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy it as much as I told my... Made myself believe that I did. So... Even recognizing that and being like, hey, I can do yoga at home and it's enough. And I love long walks. And Mm. and my sister bike ride. I think we all have our go-tos that bring us joy and they don't have to be that stereotypical stuff. Mm.
1: I love that. Yeah, because it's about doing things that set you up for success. And what sets someone up up for success, it might not be what it is for you. So if we're just imitating and not really listening to our hearts and our minds, then it's actually doing the opposite sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Mary, you've been unbelievable. We just have two little questions for you before we let you go. Do you have any resources that have helped guide you through your 20s thus far? could be a book, it could be a person, it could be a podcast.
2: A recent book that I've been reading, it's actually right up above my head. I don't know if you can see it, but it's called Beauty Sick by Dr. Renee. I recently had the honor of interviewing Dr. Renee on my podcast. Um, It actually just came out, which was like a dream come true because I was like, oh my god. Um, My favorite author... That book has changed my life. It takes body image, the conversation of body image to a whole different level. And the subtitle says it all. It's how the cultural obsession with appearance hurts girls and women. And it talks about how all these things that all these expectations that we have on ourselves and that we internalize, they take brain space away from other things. And it mm-hmm. talks about the various ways that they show up and how we can combat beauty sickness. So that's been like a recent revolutionary read. For Love me. that. Love wow. that. Adds to cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uses audible credit. <laughs> I talked about it so much. The people who listen to my podcast, like I had one message that was like, um, are there any other books you recommend? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, but not until you read this <laughs> but, <laughs> but none of them match up. Yeah. <laughs> um definitely adding
3: to cart. And our last question for you, Mary, is where can people find you and are there any fun
2: projects that you want to plug? Um, you can find me on social media I'm Mary's Cup of Tea, two A's at the end, but I should come up if you search me. I have a blog ish. I don't write on it very much, but I do have some like Answers to frequently asked questions, especially around body image and, and confidence. Mary's cup of Tea there. Oh, my podcast is <laughs> Mary's cup of Tea as well. It's just the podcast. I'm working on like, should it have a different name? But I just feel like easier. It's fine. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Mary's Club of Tea is also the podcast. Um, anything new I'm working on, I am trying to like get more serious about the podcast just because it's brought me so much joy lately. Mm-hmm. Like between us. I'm interviewing another one of my favorite authors in a couple weeks and just like having that opportunity was it's been crazy. So Um, exciting. Yeah. So I really just love to (laughs) have Yeah. And I love the fact that it's not focused on image. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that I've been working on in therapy with the conjunction of reading that book, Beauty Sick. It's just been like such a difference. Like social it's media without the social Yeah, if that makes sense. So that's been like bringing me a lot of peace and joy as well. And then something I'm working on that might be aligned to when this comes out is I am launching a program called Beyond Body. So it's going to be like an intense month of body image healing and confidence and seeing yourself as more than a body and all the like literally four years of my journey like into four weeks which is going to be insane but it's oh for my God. Committed. yeah um, that is that will be coming next. oh that's
1: so exciting incredible oh my god um, no, I, was, I, was, I was gonna
3: gush of excitement as well no just just to thank mary for real because we yeah. have been looking forward to this we recorded an episode earlier this morning and we're like but later today that's gonna be incredible <laughs> Really, you are okay. such a light, and have shared uh, like endless things, and I know fired people beyond myself. Beyond people, that, in in your everything that you go through every day, that you know you're making such a difference in the world. So thank you for taking time to to be here with us, because I know your message is going to be so powerful as it always is. Oh my is. gosh,
2: thank you so much. You guys are so sweet, and I really enjoyed this. Like yeah, this not is so okay. Okay, I've never talked about. So thank you.
1: Okay. Oh, of course, and thank you for coming and sharing your story with us and everybody. Go follow Mary if you don't. You're missing out if you don't and take a listen to her TED talk too it's only like 10 12 minutes and it's beautiful so thank you so much Mary you were incredible thank Thank you You guys guys. bye everybody Bye. bye